Sports is the one thing this guy is truly passionate about. So passionate that sometimes we just have to put this sports nut on a leash. You need to be able to trust your guys if you're Bruce Weber. I think it's nonsense that Bruce Weber sat Barry Brown for 14 minutes. And let me just be fair and honest, I do go on to ask John this question, if it caused K-State the game. And I'm just going to be fair and honest here, as I always am on this show. I'm always fair and honest. And that answer is yes. It caused K-State the game. Yeah, sure. You put other guys in there, they're supposed to step up. And you're in the biggest moment in your career, your lives. The tournament is huge. But you've got a senior point guard who is one of the greatest, again, to ever come through, to ever play for you, to ever play for the fans at Kansas State, to ever play at, at Bramwich Coliseum. And you sit him for 14 minutes. That's costly. And I will just say this. It is the biggest mistake. I, I, I think I said this last week, too. If I did, I'll say it again. It is the biggest blunder. It is the biggest miscue. It is the biggest mistake in the entire coaching career of one Bruce Weber. You know, I play hard with kick their butt again this is radioactive sports with justin pemberton now the host himself justin pemberton all right let's do this welcome everyone to another edition of the radioactive sports podcast special here on a Victory Tuesday, a, a, a Chiefs Victory Tuesday, um, to be exact. And of course, I am the host of this podcast special, Justin Pemberton, as always. And uh, glad to be back here with you on this another fine edition where it's a, it's a cold, gloomy, cloudy looking kind of feel on this Tuesday. But uh, hey, Anytime the Chiefs win, it is a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day when they do it, and it's also a beautiful day the day after. And we're going to talk a lot about the Chiefs here to start out in the opening segment as we're going to talk about the win last night against the Buffalo Bills. Um, It was all about the run game, and the old line gets a lot of praise here today, and that is something you have yet to hear in these first few podcasts I've done. And it's, well, honestly, I me mean, going back to when I was doing my radio show on a regular Saturday morning basis, you know, before the uh, coronavirus, you know, came into our lives, I wasn't really ever giving praise that much to the O-line then. So this is really the first time you're going to hear me give a lot of praise because, they absolutely deserved it after what they did last night. They, they really stepped up, people, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about that offensive line here coming up very shortly. We're also going to talk about uh, Le'Veon Bell, as this is officially um, now, we can say that this is officially the week that he'll be arriving with the Chief. Well, he arrived in Kansas City uh, a few days ago, but he will officially be with the team He'll start 
working with the team, practicing with the team, with the team, getting familiar with the, with the concepts of Reed's offense, and he he we we should see Livion Bell in action this Sunday in Denver. But much to talk about with him, and just more praise with the signing, and uh, I, I I think um, before I move on with the rest of the rundown. I think this really proves that there is no better general manager in the National Football League right now than Brett Beach. I mean, it's it's not even close, and uh, it, it it also proves yet again the guy is a very aggressive general manager. He's not just going to sit back and say, "Oh, well, we're good at this position. We don't really need that. We don't need this guy. We don't need guy. You know, a we we don't need to go after." You know, option B, or we don't, we don't need this guy. Well, we're, we're good. We're, we're content. No. I mean, when the whole team realizes that they're on a quest, the general manager's going to, you know, make sure that they're going to be intact, you know, with going, you know, to make history to try to run it back and, and to win back-to-back, you know, world championships, you know, be the first one since the Patriots. The, the, there is no way Brett Beach is going to ever, and even, even, even in years when maybe they're not expected to maybe, you know, try to win it all, he's always going to find ways to make moves to make sure the team has a chance to always win. And that's just something you never saw and Carl Pearson, he, he, he never saw that. And uh, Scott Pioli, and then well, let's go back to even before Carl Pearson. You didn't see that. And uh, uh, was it was it Jack Jack Stetman, I believe, longtime GM. Yeah, I think Jack Jack Stetman, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then of course, I mean, we may have saw a little bit of that in John Dorsey before Brett Beach. I, but you really, you really do see an aggressive nature out of Brett Veach, and uh, it, kudos to him once again. And job well done on signing Livion Bell, but much more on that here in a little bit. And then we're going to wrap things up. It's just going to be a three-segment show uh, here today or, or a three-segment podcast. I really need to get away from saying show because it's not on radio. And which, which, by the way, speaking of, um, today's podcast is a little different because if you, if you cannot notice by now, um, there is a different effect on this. Um, I had a little fun when I was getting started, you know, rec- recording this and, and doing this here today um, on a wonderful editing recording software called Adobe Audition. Uh, you, you, you like mess with your your voice, your recording, you know, or your voice, and you can like do different effects. There's an AM radio effect. So if you think I'm really on radio right now, that's it's not that's not true, but it sounds like it. So um, just have, have a little fun with this here today. I just wanted to be a little more creative, a little more different, you know, instead of the same old, same old. So. D- d- don't don't get any ideas that this is on radio that this is going on live right now through radio waves or airwaves because that's not true that's not true I haven't done an actual radio show in months um, 
I, I, I hope at some point that I can get back to doing that because that, that is what I love to do on Saturday mornings. Of course, I would love to get away from being on, you know, during that time frame. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. But, uh, no, just uh, thought I would mention that. Just a little little change up here, to, you know, today and for this uh, podcast, uh, this latest edition. Um but I was getting ready to, uh, to, to um, if I can talk now, it's even easy for me to say right now. I was getting ready to complete the rundown, so we're going to wrap things up. We're going to talk about a couple of um, opted-out players for the University of Kansas in football and basketball, those being running back Puka Williams and... Uh, I believe now senior uh, forward Silvio D'Souza or Silvio Silvio (laughs) I have a hard time talking this morning it's just unbelievable but D'Souza opted out for this upcoming college basketball season Um, I think this would officially at least from what we've gathered you know through the time frame through his time at Kansas, this would have to be the end of D'Souza's time in Kansas. It just, it would have to be. Um, and I, I think for his sake, it needs to be because he's been through a lot. And really, a lot of it is not his fault. Um, I mean, the, the, the whole college basketball scandal, which, you know what, that's a, that's a pile of crap, but... Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna really digress here, and we're, we're gonna really move forward here. So, but that, that's all coming up. We'll talk about that here coming up um, in the uh, show. So that's that's the rundown for today. Let's get started, and let's talk about those Kansas City Chiefs, five and one Kansas City Chiefs, as they do bounce back after a uh, a lackluster performance, to say the least, last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, they, they looked good last night. I mean, well, let's put it this way, actually. They looked better. Uh, they still had their flaws. They still had their moments of looking, I wouldn't say lost, but maybe just, you know, one of those, you know, moments like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, well, what's going on here? The offense at times... The, the passing game wasn't there, and I think that maybe is a tribute to what Buffalo did last night defensively. Um, they just been doing what the Patriots did and what the Raiders did. I mean, of course, I don't think the Raiders did anything to the Chiefs last week. I think the Chiefs stopped themselves last week. Um, but Buffalo, I mean... No, I know this year wasn't really showed it for the Bills' defense, but they do have good personnel. They have a really good uh, defensive coordinator in Leslie Frazier, um, former Minnesota Vikings head coach. Um, but the stats really haven't favored the Bills this year defensively. They're kind of struggling this year so far defensively, but they have a good unit. They have good players. Um I think it's it's a tribute to what they were doing last night of taking away what the Chiefs do best, and that's throwing the ball. Plus, I mean, you saw the you saw the weather conditions last night in that game. If you were watching the game, you saw it. Uh, the the weather was terrible, and people normally 
when you see that kind of weather, when you see rain, when you see mist, or you see uh, fog, or it's, you know cold temperatures, that normally means you're going to run the ball. That's a that's a good that's a good night to run the ball, and the Chiefs did exactly that. Um, first of all, I I don't believe. Because I heard this last night, either on the front, on the, um, <laughs> wow, here I am, I'm just, I'm having, having troubles, <laughs> it's, again, <laughs> times, um, but last night on the broadcast for Fox, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, I, I, I've never heard them say this the most, that an Andy Reid team has run the ball, okay, let's, let's get one thing straight here, I, I, I have a hard time believing that because of all the great running backs that Andy Reid's had in his tenure, starting with Deuce Staley. Of course, he, he had one Eric Bieniemy actually once upon a time. Eric Bieniemy, who is, of course, the current um, OC for the Chiefs, played for Reid in Philly when Reid got started. Of course, Doug Pearson did too. Um, of course, Doug was not, he was not a running back. He was a quarterback. Um, but then Deuce Staley, of course, uh, Brian Westbrook, um, he's had Darren Sproles, actually, no, no, Darren Sproles was later, excuse me, Darren Sproles was a charger while Reed was, um, in Philly, of course, I think he might have been the same too, later on as well, while, while Reed was still coaching in Philly, but, uh, Westbrook, Deuce Staley, Eric Bieniemy, um, LaShawn McCoy, of course, uh, Jamal Charles, um, Spencer Ware, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, Kareem Hunt. I mean, there, there are so many guys to go off and list. Um, let's look at, uh, let's see, um, is there rushing... 245 yards of rushing for the Chiefs. I'm looking for the, for the amount of uh, carries. Rushing attempts. 46 for the Chiefs. Uh, of course, I have to go back and look at all the years, games, and it, it, it'd be a lot of research, but I just I have a hard time believing that this is the one game where an Andy Reid coach team rushed the ball or ran the ball the most in a game. Once again, 46 carries for the Chiefs for 245 yards. Uh, of course, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 161. Um, let, let's check that here to be make sure I'm, I'm correct here. Yes, um, on 26 carries, 161 yards rushing, Average of 6.2 yards per carry. At one point, he was averaging 8 or 9 yards a carry last night, which was just insane. And I mean, you heard me talk about it at the beginning of this uh, this podcast here for, for today. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does not do what he did without that O-line last night. And... I mean, it was almost like, you know, it was almost like we were asking ourselves, who are these guys and what have they done 
to the old line that we were used to seeing. Because this was, this was new. I mean, we had been so accustomed to seeing the Chiefs old line get pushed around, get shoved around, get absolutely manhandled in the trenches. And that was the opposite last night. The Buffalo Bills got absolutely taken to recess. I mean, everyone. I mean, including Eric Fisher. Eric, and Eric Fisher is always the... He's the weakest link in t you know, to the O-line usually. But, I mean, even him, he, he looked good. There were still times. I mean, he had a few missed assignments. And that's, that's going to be normal with Eric Fisher. Um, but, I mean, Nick Allen Greddy... I thought was the was the leader last night. I mean, this man uh, having to fill in for, of course, an injured Mitchell Schwartz who had to be replaced by Mike Rent is it Renners? Yeah, Mike Renners, who the Chiefs signed in the offseason um, from the New York Giants after the Giants released him. Um, so he had to go to the right tackle. Which then forced Nick Allen Reddy, a, a draft pick from last year out of Illinois, um, I believe a seventh round pick last year out of Illinois, had to force him to go to the left side of the line and play left guard. And he was just, he was fantastic. They were reading their assignments. They were doing their job, and, and, and they were they were manhandling people. They were they were pushing people around. They were aggressive. They were. They, they didn't just stand there and wait to get their, you know, their clock cleaned. You know, just un unbelievable, unbelievable performance by the old line. And again, I mean, it rarely do you ever hear me, you know, give credit. Because, well, for one, for one, I never played O-line. Now, I may have in, it was middle school, in practice, I played some O-line in practice. I know we're not talking about a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice, man. Yeah. Talking about practice. No, but I just, it, it came to me. I, I, had, I had to do it. And of course, play the clip of um, Allen Iverson. Yes, practice, and that never gets old. That's one of the best. That's one of the greatest sports sound bites of all time. But uh, no, it was, it was during practice in middle school, right? I had to play a little old line. I was terrible. I mean, I, I was, I was, I was awful. I was awful. Um, so I never, I never liked that position. I was always defense. I was the one coming off blocks and trying to beat up people and try to hit people and try to throw linemen down and whatever, you know? Um, so I decided I've never known what it's like in an actual game to be on that side of the ball and just know that unit never, it's really, I mean, not just the chiefs, but in general, um, old linemen just never get enough credit, you know, for what they do. And, for us, you know, football fans, it always um, we always seem to forget that it always starts up front. 
on both sides. I mean, the, the O-line and D-lines are the ones that really set the tone. And, boy, did that O-line ever set the tone last night. I mean, they were fantastic last night. They gave uh, more than 100% effort. Uh, it was 200% of effort. I mean, there were still moments, you know. I think Buffalo started to catch on a little bit later in the game. They were, they were starting to realize they were getting mauled around and pushed around and looking silly out there on national TV uh, and, and on their home field. But overall, they came to play. And if you follow me on Facebook, any of you listening that are you know friends of me on Facebook, you saw me post last night saying the same things. And um, I, I'm, I'm just going to be the better person here today. Just in case that there are those out there, and I'm sure, I'm sure there are there are those out there that, that still don't want to give credit to the old line. Well, that, that's that's your problem today, not mine, because I'm I'm not going to be in that category here today. I'm going to be the better person, and I'm going to for once. I'm going to give credit to to this old line. Uh, they get the game ball. I know the play of the game last night was Clyde Edwards Hilaire, for for good reason. For, for good reason. But the player of the game or the the players of the game, to me, are those linemen up front for the Kansas City Chiefs on the offensive line. Those big boys, they came to play. And my, my hat goes off to them. I, just fantastic performance. I mean, again, that's 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 no slouch to Buffalo Bills defense. I mean, they're overall on paper they're pretty good. They just they haven't looked good this year, but on paper, the personnel they do have is pretty darn good, and they have a head coach who relies on defense. That is a, a defensive minded kind of guy because that's what he was in Philly under Andy Reid and Sean McDermott. Um, toughness, you know, being disciplined, which the Bills were not last night. There were a few penalties on, on their own. I know the Chiefs, and you know, let's do get to that as the Chiefs yet yet again do have uh, penalties in the game. Uh, let's um, let's see here. Uh, let's look at the team stats here again. Uh, penalties, 8 for 68 yards, 4 for 39 for the Buffalo Bills, but yes, the Chiefs do have a lot of penalties, and it's, you know, I think we need to really stop talking about this, because I think we should be so custom and so used to this by now. Look, Andy Reid is a player's coach, and he is who he is. Um... I mean, he's, he's not going to be harsh on the team. I mean, yeah, you'll hear him in the press conferences, you know, either during the week or after the game, before the game, I mean, whatever. Just whenever he's up in the front of the podium, you'll hear him say, you know, we got to clean up the penalties. Uh, it's my responsibility to, you know, for us to, um, you know, clean up the penalties. We we gotta we gotta we gotta stop shooting ourselves in the foot. Time chores. <laughs> I love doing the 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 time chores part. It's just it's awesome. 
it's a trademark of Andy Reid's. If you're not aware of it by now, which I know a lot of you are, you should be. But no, all seriousness, um, he is who he is, and he's not going to change who he is. So you're really never going to see the Chiefs be a clean, well-disciplined team because Andy wants them to be who they are. He wants them to go make plays, take chances, and just hope it works. You know, he's not going to be like a, you know, a Jim Morris Sr. or a Mike Dicka or a Bill Parcells type of coach, Bill Belichick comes to mind actually as the most, you know, disciplined coach, but probably Bill Parcells or Chuck Knoll, you know, old school. He's not going to be one of those. Or, I mean, Bill Walsh comes to mind too. Bill Cowher, you know, John Gruden. Hey, just some of those guys that come to mind that are in your, well, yeah, in, in your face, in your grill, you're gonna be, you're gonna do things right. You're gonna be disciplined, and you're gonna, you're gonna not do stupid things. And if you're gonna be that way, you're, you're off the team. And I mean, who who knows what went in this week? I mean, I can't really guarantee or really imagine that Randy Reed really got into their faces, you know, especially the O line. I can't really imagine that Andy really got into the team's face and said, "You guys were pathetic last week. You know, you sucked." And you need to be better. You know, I don't, I'm not so sure if you're tough enough. See, I'm, I'm not so sure if he really said those words because, I mean, if, 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 it, if it's really true, then that, that's that's breaking news, first of all, because you just you don't you don't ever expect that out of Andy Reid. So, but I mean, hey, I mean, uh, all credit to the old line again. They, they, they really performed very well last night. Offensively, um, still not quite where they need to be. Mahomes, um, at times, still looks lost. I mean, I, I don't know if there's something wrong with Mahomes. Um, he, is still, he, he is still standing there too long in the pocket. He needs to get out. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I am not... I am not Mad at Mahomes, I'm, I'm just maybe getting a little concerned because this is now. I mean, this is this is a strain of games or a stretch of games where he just Mahomes just seems a little bit off key, and I, I mean, I, I I guess you have to give some kind of credit to the defenses that he's facing. I mean, they are doing something to confuse him. The Patriots did it. And that's the one unit or team I'm going to give a lot of credit to is the Patriots because we all know that Bill Belichick is a defensive mind. He's a master at coaching a defense. So that, that's, that's to be expected every time you face a Patriots team that you're going to get a really good defensive look out of his, you know, out of his team. Um, but I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I just do. I don't know what it is. Um, the play calling I, still a lot of times leaves your head scratching a little bit. Um, but, I mean, but when you're averaging 6.2 or 7 or 8 or 9 yards per carry, 
I'm if, if that's working, why go away from it? And again, last night the elements were not the most perfect, you know, being out there. So it was a good night to run the ball. And um, I'm just now thinking of Marty Schottenheimer. I know he's probably he was watching that game last night smiling because uh, that's what old Marty loved to do was run that football and be tough in the trenches and just run that ball down your throat. So, but uh, hey. A win's a win, and the one thing I loved the most from that game last night was the effort. It was there. Even if there were missed tackles by the defense, even though there were some missed blown assignments by the defense at times maybe last night, defensively they came to play. They got in Josh Allen's face. They didn't sack him, but they got into his face. They, they pressured him. They, they got after him. He wasn't very good last night. And he's not very accurate to begin with as a quarterback. He's not Mahomes. So they played well. Um, rush defense at times, you know, there's still some kinks in that run defense, as, as we all know. Um, but the effort was there last night. And you want to know again why I was pissed last week? And I may have mentioned maybe last week, you know, a few days ago that I, you know, that I didn't watch the full game and towards the end because I was so ticked off. I mean, the moment Mahomes threw that interception against the Raiders, I was done. I was done. And because the effort wasn't there. The Chiefs were, they, they looked like they were just dead inside last week. And they, they didn't show any effort. It was pathetic. Um, but last night, completely different story. And... Just absolutely happy, and I I can get behind this again. And we just got some breaking news here. Uh, I, just, I just got a text alert, NFL alert, that the Dolphins have named Tua their starter at quarterback. Wow. Going forward. Oh, this is, this is going to be really fun when the Chiefs go down to South Beach here in a few weeks. Wow, that's that's big. I think we all knew that was going to happen at some point. But once again, yes, uh, it is some uh, breaking news in the NFL that the Dolphins have named Tua Tagovailoa. I, I can't say his last name, but but Tua, you know who I'm talking about, the star QB out of Alabama, top pick this year in the draft. Dolphins, hopefully, they have the next day in Marino. We'll see. Um, but. Um, yeah, so that, that's gonna put a um, that's gonna put a wrap on this segment. And the Chiefs yet again, they do win, twenty six to seventeen. Um, I do hope that Harrison Bucker does get his kicking issues figured out. That's been really weird this year. Four missed extra points. Um, it's just been it's been a weird year. Uh, it's a very very two thousand twenty like type of thing in football. But hopefully he'll get his issues worked out because uh, I don't want to start thinking that he's Lynn Elliott. And Chiefs fans, you know who I'm talking about when I say that name. Maybe I should just be like Harry Potter and just shut my mouth and just not even say his name. <laughs> you know, like in Harry Potter, you know, Baltimore, you know, we do not speak his name. We're not supposed to say his name. He's evil. <laughs> 
anyway, that's going to do this for this segment. Um, let's do take the first break here. Um, when we come right back, we will stick with the Chiefs. We'll talk about more about the addition of Le'Veon Bell as the Chiefs now have probably the best one-two punch in all football at the running back position. Although Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt are a pretty good one-two punch themselves in Cleveland. But uh, I would have to say when Le'Veon Bell is healthy and when he is at it, when he's, on, when he's at his best, he's hard to stop. And, of course, we know about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last night, especially last night. So this is going to be a fun duo to watch in the backfield for the Kansas City Chiefs. But we'll talk more about Le'Veon Bell after this break. You're listening to the Radio Active Sports Podcast Special. And, of course, I am Justin Parrington. Much more after this. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to Radio Active Sports with Justin Pemberton. But yeah. And that's where a lot of fans probably feel, oh, if Mahomes is in there, that's a different story. <laughs> no, if Mahomes is in there, the Chiefs aren't 5-2. and two. Probably I will not. say that right I, now. I, I will agree with that. Well, yeah. yeah. I love me some Patrick Mahomes, but I no. Not right now. Not now. Uh, Patrick, um, you've yet to say anything. Um, I sorry, uh, I've yeah. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. I, lo- I love. I love. We're gonna take a break here in a few moments. Too, yeah, so. I'm the bad cop. He can be the nice cop if he wants. Don't touch that dial. Radioactive sports will be right back. I love me some Patrick Mahomes, but no, too. not right now. Not now. Radioactive Sports with Justin Pemberton. Now glad to be joined for the first time as a special guest on the show, the host of Now the Home Stretch. How you doing? Like, yes, man. That being Jim. No, I'm sorry. Jim Rome. Yes, Jim Holmes. It's not the first time that you would not be the first person to say I sound and my mannerisms are like Jim Rome. <laughs> I literally do a segment on my show where I kind of rip off Jim Rome. So it's all good. Uh- and I'm back to my new show, which is similar to the old shows, but Gakron's different. My hair is longer. Rack these locks. <laughs> Amazing show so far. Probably trending. <laughs> yes. That's that, uh, Frank Caliendo. That is really good. So that, I sound more you like... You and Frank are the only two. I sound more like Frank Caliendo trying to do Jim Rome than I do like Jim Rome. I sound like Frank Caliendo trying uh, to do Jim Rome. Actually, he sound more like Jim himself, actually. Rack him. To me. Rack him. <laughs> That's funny, man. I'm out. This is Radioactive Sports with Justin Pemberton. Rack these locks. Back here on the Radioactive Sports Podcast Special. And of course, uh, just once again, uh, glad you're tuned in for this. If you're just now tuned in, of course, I am Justin Pemberton. We had just gotten to talking about the uh, victory from last night for the Kansas City Chiefs as they once again come out with a 26-17 win over the Buffalo Bills. It was a much more dominant performance uh, than what the score really showed at the end. Um, I do wish the Chiefs would do better at uh, closing the deal. They're, they're still lacking of being a completely dom- uh, dominant team. There we go. That's what I was going to say instead of whatever I was going to say. Uh, you end those moments where I just I just kind of run my words together and uh, just you know my mind wants to say something else. Um, but they do need to do a better job of closing the deal and just putting the team away. Um, but that game last night was more dominant than what the score showed. 
Once again, 26, Chiefs, Bill 17. So on to talking about Le'Veon Bell, as of course the Chiefs signed him last week. Um, in fact, it will be a week in two days. So it was it was Thursday when they did sign him. Um, I have been getting, I have been excited. I mean, this this is gonna be a lot of fun, you know, getting a chance to watch. Probably the best. I mean, you heard me say it before the break in the last segment. Um, this is going to probably be the best one-two punch in the National Football League. I mean, you saw what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did last night for the Chiefs. Just wait until you see what Le'Veon Bell can do. Um, this is a perfect match for Reed's offense. Le'Veon Bell doesn't have to be the you know, the, the, the big dog doesn't have to carry the ball, doesn't have to be the starter. Uh, this is a guy that can come in on, th- on third down goal line situations. Uh, we all know that Edwards Hilaire has struggled to score from the from the red zone this year down the goal line. But uh, again, again, people, um, let, let's let's not put all that on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. The main struggle has been the old line when they get into those situations. Now, if they would have used him last night in the red zone, um, instead of maybe Darwin Thompson or, or Daryl Williams, I know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did have one touchdown call back on a, on a hold by Nick Allen Grady, which is the only score the Chiefs had taken away from them last night. Other than that, they were just pretty much perfect when they did score the ball or did score points. Um, but maybe last night, if, if, if uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would have gotten the chance to run the ball into the into the end zone, he would have maybe have succeeded because the O-line was just that dominant last night. Uh, and once again, kudos to the O-line last night. Again, they were just they were phenomenal um, against the Buffalo Bills. Um, but that's that's been that's that's been the reason why that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has struggled this year is because the O-line just hasn't been that productive until last night. Um, but Le'Veon Bell can, you know, he can come out of the backfield and catch the ball. He can be a slot receiver. I mean, shoot. And he could probably have Edwards Hilaire lined up as a receiver on one side of the backfield, and then you have Bell on the other side of the field, and you could have them, like, you know, cross one another going in the middle of the field or something. And defenses will not know who to cover. Because they're both dangerous and they're both really good as being receivers. And Le'Veon Bell, of course, in the past, I mean, if you watched him, you know, being with the Steelers playing the Chiefs, Bell just owned Bob Sutton. Of course, then Bob Sutton, the uh, DC for the Chiefs, and that defense. I mean, every time. Chiefs couldn't stop him. It, it, it didn't matter what down it was. It didn't matter where it was. It didn't matter what day it was. It didn't matter who the Chiefs had personnel-wise. Le'Veon Bell could not be stopped. And I'm just excited that he's on the good side now. Not to say the Steelers are evil. They're not. I, I have respect for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have friends that are Pittsburgh Steelers fans. So, um... Not to say that they're evil. They're not. It's just it, it, it's just it's nice to see that Le'Veon Bell 
is not going to be torturing the Chiefs for once. Instead, he'll be torturing opposing teams on their side. So, people, I'm, I'm really excited about this. And, I mean, last week when I, when I talked about the, the pros and cons of signing Bill, I, I, I mentioned the one the one con, and I will still I still have somewhat of a bad feel about it. And that's yet again, I mean, if, if there have been troubles up to this point, minus last night, where the old line just wasn't getting after it and, and creating opening lanes for Clyde Edwards Hilaire to run, which was not the case last night, because they, they opened up big, big holes for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, you could drive two semis through those holes last night. It was unbelievable what they were doing. I mean, these were just massive holes, and but the, the, the point is, if, if they were having trouble to that point of opening running lanes for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, what was it going to make, make us think that it was just going to change all of a sudden with the addition of Le'Veon Bell? But maybe, maybe it already has. And last night was a great example. Now, this is just one game, and maybe the Bills are not as good as we as what we thought what we what we thought they were. We played them the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. And no, not like the late down screen. No, it's not quite like that. But um, that did come to mind just now uh, as I was just trying to complete that phrase, that saying. Um, I mean, we are not what we thought they were. Um, I mean, maybe. Uh, Buffalo still has time to, you know, figure out their problems defensively. Um, but maybe this was the outcome. This was the this was the start of a, of a change for once for the old line. And maybe they're going to be aggressive and they're going to be really good from this point on. I mean, we'll see. Um, it would help to get, you know, Schwartz back. It would help to you know, get some guys back that are normal, regular starters and see what what, what goes on from there. But um, on Bell is going to be an absolute wonderful addition. I mean, I'm already excited. I mean, you're seeing me. If you think he's excited, I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I cannot wait to see what this guy can do. And I'm just looking forward to seeing who, who, who gets the bulk of the carries. And it's probably going to be Evans Hilaire. He's going to be the starter. He's going to be the man to run the ball. And you're probably going to see Le'Veon Bell being a, a third day, in, a, in a third down package. You're going to see Bell in, in goal line situations because he can run through tackles. He can run through people because he's bigger than Clyde Evans Hilaire. But, hey, I mean, hey, 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 I mean, do, do, do not tell Clyde Edwards Hilaire he can't run through tackles because he can. I mean, last night he ran through some guys, and it was fun to watch. I mean, it was fun to watch. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be a star in this league, if, if not already. I mean, he is already. He's already a star. And from from my point of view, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's unbelievable what this guy did last night. But it's even more unbelievable what Le'Veon Bell is going to do in a Chiefs uniform. 
And maybe I'm a little ahead of myself. Maybe, maybe, but you know what? I honestly don't care because I just know. I just, I, I, I just, I, I, I have such a good feel for the team again. I'm confident. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a little bit on the edge of my seat, you know, waiting for the offense to kind of come back and be what it is. But, I mean, you don't have to really ask Mahomes to go through it 50 times down the field, throwing bombs to Tyree Kill, throwing bombs to Nicole Hartman, throwing bombs to Travis Kelsey. You don't always have to ask Mahomes to do that, even though that is his nature. His nature is to go out there and, and just be an absolute mastermind at the quarterback position and, and throw missiles down the field that you've never seen before. But last night was another another example of how the Chiefs can win a football game. And I mean, again, they were not at their best at times. But when they do put their mindset to something, they they can they look they look good, and they they look good doing it, um, and they're tough to stop. Again, I mean, why go away from, from something that's working when you when you're averaging more than five yards a pop? <laughs> you're doing something right, people, and um, it, it, it's just going to get even better. With the addition of Le'Veon Bell again, I, I just I, I I am so I am so juiced up just to see who who's going to be the receiver. Who you know is is Reed going to call a play or a, a formation where you got Bell on one side in the backfield and you got it was only on the other side of Mahomes or something, and they cross over and you 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 have options. I mean I I am so fired up for this. If you can't tell. By the sound of my voice, I am so fired up. I mean, I, I, I feel like I am, I, am, I am praising the words of my own high school principal, <laughs> Mr. Bacon. I'm so fired up! <laughs> and he was like, you know, listen, you know, every time, every, every pep, pep, pep rally, every you know, assembly, and, you know, every, you know, every special get together we, we had as, as a school every special ceremony you know for celebrating a championship or something you know for our high school up through the valley but I mean I mean whatever whatever it was I mean the guy would just he gets so fired up he, he, he can hear his voice and that's that's just, that's kind of where I'm coming from with, with, the, with this addition of Le'Veon Bell I mean I know there's always we should always you know kind of, you know, uh, I'm not going to say expect, but we always do have to kind of, you know, think about the other side of the coin, how maybe it, it may not work out. But, you know what, I'm not going to think that way. Because the guy is just too good. And he is so, he is so ready to be part of this winning culture. And who, who better to go to than Andy Reid. I mean, he had a great situation in Pittsburgh, and I think he's learned. I, I, I really do. I think he's a changed person. Getting away from that toxic culture in New York. New, New, <laughs> unique New York. 
unique New York. And I don't really, I don't really find New York that unique. I really don't at a lot of times, but just do a little Ron, a little Ron Burgundy there. Uh, music. I'm, 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 a, I'm a stop now. Um, no, but uh, get away, get away from the Jets was the best thing he ever did. Uh, leaving Pittsburgh was probably the worst thing he ever did. He, he really should still be a, a Steeler, but uh, he is. He's he's getting up to that point where running backs start to to decline, and it was best when Steelers move on from him and not pay him. But welcome to KC, man, and I, I'm I am so thrilled you're here. I'm looking forward to seeing what Romeo Bell does in action this Sunday against the Broncos. It is donkey week as the Chiefs will take on the Broncos this Sunday at 325 on CBS. That's going to wrap this up. Uh, so coming up next, we're going to quickly wrap things up for today. We're going to talk about a couple of opted-out players for the Kansas football program and the basketball program. Those, again, being running back Puka Williams, and then, of course, I believe he's now a senior, or he's going to be, uh, senior forward, Silvio D'Souza for the Kansas Jayhawks. And, of course, we'll talk about the World Series. A little bit, Game 1 starts tonight. So much more of this Tuesday edition, a victory, Chiefs victory Tuesday edition of the Radio Active Sports Podcast Special. We'll be back after this. I am Justin Everton. Do not go anywhere. Much more coming up next. Get radioactive with Justin Pemberton. Mm-hmm. I also run Sports Saturdays and Sports Sundays every week. With Brad uh, Porter. With Brad Porter. WHB. And dude, you are just rocking that music every time. I listen to the podcast, you know, and uh dude, I mean, you've got it going. Dude, I'm telling you, we get and I, funky. I, I've seen you, I, I've come in here um when you you've you, you also do it for, for a Sterling show too. Dude, you're and you're just you're moving. You're you're just rocking. You're just everything. Hey man, I love I love what I do. I got if you got to come to work, you got to have a good time doing oh, it. Oh, I, I know. Let's get radioactive. More with radioactive sports after this. You're listening to radioactive sports with Justin Pemberton. Sunflower showdown here I'm today. A hat. Can't see it. 11 o'clock tip-off on Sports Radio 810, our sister station. Can we get a better name for this rivalry? Sorry, that's yes, always I know, me. I know, I know. It, it's really SmackDown for both football The and showdown men. isn't the problem, It's Patrick. not a showdown. No. I know. There's no hype in this game. I, I agree I agree with Petro. There's no hype. I said Sunflower SmackDown. Unless, but, unless yeah. Svee walks again. Oh, my God. Also, can we talk about how the state flower of Kansas is technically a weed? It's not a flower. Sunflowers aren't flowers. They're weeds. True story. Look it up. Yeah, I, 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 like, like, can we talk like, like the cattle drive, like countdown or something? Let's, uh, <laughs> like, the, like, the, the, like the, the Oregon Trail dysentery factory the, or something. One, like, like we can come up with something better than sunflower. Like, I don't know the K seven K seven showdown. I don't like. I don't know. This is radioactive sports with Justin Pemberton. All right, the sunflower showdown. Back here, 
again, one more time for today. Of course, once again, this is the Rainy Hill Active Sports Podcast Special. Uh, you're just tuned in. We're just going to be talking about the addition of, or more of my thoughts on the addition of the young bell. Uh, I, of course, talked more about it last week. And of course, once again, I am just a young host of this podcast. Uh, so I'm do that. In case of none of you for just checking this out, the bird again, you're just, you know, you know, seeing it now and tune into this, you know, this segment instead of the first couple. But anyway, um, let's do quickly wrapping this up, just quick thoughts on, I'm not going to spend all my time on this, but it does come to my attention because it's, it's, it's pretty big news involving the University of Kansas as they've had a couple of players opt out for the respective uh, sports programs for the season. We'll start with uh, running back Puka Williams because, I mean, uh, he's really the only productive player for the Jayhawks on that team. Uh, there, there really is no sign of life in that program, I don't think. They just... There's nothing. And I, I, I was going to mention this over, was this over a week ago? I was going to talk about this. Maybe it was two weeks ago, maybe. But I, I was going to mention about Les Miles. I think he is doing things the right way. He's not trying to do what what Charlie Weiss or David Beatty try to do, try to you know get the Juco guys, get experience, and they just going to really turn things around when it really didn't. Um, he's trying to, you know, build from the from, from the from the bottom, you know, from, you know, at the very bottom, you know, building with young high school talent, and then as these as these as these kids that are going to stay as they get older, get more experienced, and they and they mature as as young men. They'll get better, and you know maybe KU would become something respectable again. Maybe I mean who knows? I mean I don't know how much longer of a leash that Les Miles really has. I mean I'm I'm not in Jeff Long's head to really think you know about how much longer he's gonna really put up with you know with Les Miles as the head coach of the Jayhawks. And um, I mean who, who can really blame Puka for opting out? It's, it's for a couple of reasons. One, he's probably tired of all the losing at Kansas. I mean, I would be. Then again, you're not, you're not being loyal, not showing loyalty to your university, to your football team, you know, by staying and just being a trooper and, you know, staying through all the pain and all the losing and everything. But mainly because of COVID-19, because, you know, Russ Miles going down with it over a week ago and not being with the team on Saturday, this past Saturday in Morgantown. Of course, do we really believe it was going to really make a much of a difference if Russ Miles was coaching that game against West Virginia? I don't think so. Because the Jayhawks, yeah, they got out to a 10 to nothing lead against West Virginia and they were up 10 to 7 at one point and they were, they were hanging in there, but they just the offense just fell apart. The offense without Puka, even with Puka, the, the offense is just, it's nothing. I mean, it, it's it's absolute 
it's 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 putrid. It's 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 terrible. There's nothing there. There's no signs of life. There's no quarterback play. Quarterback play is pretty young at that position. Um, very inexperienced. Very inconsistent. Not very productive. And when your quarterback play suffers, the rest of your unit suffers along with it. Doesn't matter what play calls. The play calling was 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 atrocious on Saturday for for Kansas. I mean, all these plays that were going sideways and going to the narrow side of the field instead of the wide side of the field, I mean, it's it's not rocket science to run an offense, okay? I mean, we see enough of this with the Chiefs a lot of times. Andy Reid has a tendency to uh, run a lot of plays to the narrow side of the field instead of the wide side of the field. Instead of getting more real estate in front of your face, you choose to go to the more narrow side of the field where you just don't have a whole lot of room to run or throw the ball or whatever. It's, it's, people, it is so stupid. It is so embarrassing sometimes watching a football game these days because you see a lot of teams do this crap and it's just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I, I just, I, I shake my head a lot of times, no matter who it is I'm watching. I just, I, I, I sit there, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm shaking my head. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Uh, the kind of just putrid play calling I, I see in, in, in on offenses these days. It's, 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 it's ugh. You just want to just turn away and, and not watch anymore. But... No, I mean, I, 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 I can't blame Puka Williams one bit for leaving the program. Again, I think one of the reasons why is because he's tired of all the losing. He's tired of being on a team that just can't go anywhere and can't do anything right. Can't seem to get a win, no matter where it is, what time it is, what day it is, what year it is. I mean, it doesn't matter. And I, I just, I, I can't blame the guy. But it's mostly due to COVID reasons. When you find out your coach gets it, it's just kind of like, well, you know, you see the writing on the wall, and you just kind of, you start to kind of think about your own life, and you want to protect yourself, and I just, I, I can't blame him for opting out. So once again, if you, it, was, it was breaking news, around the time the Chiefs got going yesterday, and it was probably around maybe 4.30, 5 o'clock-ish, maybe, maybe a little bit before, before then, um, Puka Williams opted out for the for the remainder of the season and will no longer he will not be part of the uh, Kansas football program for the remainder of this season and it's probably it's probably the end of the uh, Puka Williams era for the Kansas Jayhawks and uh, I think the same can be said for on the basketball side of things with the departure of uh, Silvio D'Souza as he has chosen to opt out of course that was uh, news uh, a few days ago. And this is for different reasons. I think he's just so tired of all what he's been through. And he's been through he's been through so much crap. Through the whole NCAA issues, um, just trying to be a more consistent player. That's been hard for him to, to get going and uh, he's having to, you know, put himself back together in, in his personal life. I mean, he's got some issues he's gotta try to work out. Um I was, I was reading some stuff. Bill Self was saying, you could tell during practice, he wasn't focused. So he knew something was up. He knew the jig was up. And it, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. 
to see him lead the program into what he could have been with the Jayhawks. All right, so uh, real quick here, just to wrap things up, um, let's talk about the, the opening game of uh, the World Series here starting tonight, uh, first pitch at 7-11. Of course, the game will be played in the uh, new ballpark in Arlington, uh, Wide Field. Um, that's, of course, that's where the home of the, of the uh, Texas Rangers. Uh, your game one starters will be Tyler, Tyler Glassenow for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. And, of course, Clayton Kershaw will uh, go for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, first pitch again tonight at 7-11 on Fox. Uh, Dodgers, I think, have this in the bag. Uh, of course, we thought they were going to just run away with the Braves, and the Braves got out to an early 3-1 to lead in that series um, in the, in the uh, NLCS, and it just didn't didn't work out for the Braves, uh, which it would have, but to the Dodgers, were the more deserving team. They're more, the, the, they are the much more better team. In my mind, and um, I just don't see this being a series because Tampa was lucky to get out, you know, beating the Astros to try to win the pennant. Uh, they were lucky, and um, they they should have dominated the Astros a lot more than what they did. And I just say it's, it, this is going to come back and bite them um, at the very end. I mean, the Dodgers, I think, either sweep this series or I think they will lose one game. But it's it's not going to be a series, people. I I'll be very surprised if, if Tampa hangs around. But Tampa, they're a good ball club. They're really good. But the Dodgers are even better. They are on a mission to try to win their first World Series title since 1988. Of course, Tampa Bay is looking to win their first one ever in their franchise's history. So once again, first pitch at seven o'clock or at seven eleven tonight on Fox. Glassino versus Kershaw. Those are your pitching match, your your, your story pitching matchups, and we'll just see how this goes out. How the, how this how this plays out. But um, I'm gonna go with the Dodgers tonight on this one. But Kershaw again, playoff woes. Gotta watch out for that. But um, I like the Dodgers in this one. All right, so that's going to a very short this Tuesday edition of the Radioactive Sports Podcast Special. Thanks for tuning into this. And once again, I'm Justin Pemberton. And again, do not know when I'll be back doing our podcast, but of course, you'll hear myself the next time I'm not doing one. So until then, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again next time. Hopefully, we may do one before the Sunday's game against the Chiefs. We'll be talking about the Chiefs and Broncos, but uh, if not, hopefully, next week and I'll be talking about their Chiefs victory against the Dolphins this time. So, so long for now and we'll see you again next time. You've been listening to Radioactive Sports with Justin Pemberton. Everyone wants to play. There's no one that wants to not play. So I said, have you looked at that pile of crap out there? Uh, Have you taken a look at that? So if you don't think you can play here, where do you think you can play? That's a pretty simple approach. And either they, you know, that's not a sales pitch, that's practical. You've seen it, right? Unfortunately, so have I. Bye-bye.